Under the Helmet. You do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. I am Chad Parsons. Week one post recap here and I was looking back at a lot of the projections or a lot of the key questions and players to watch that I did a week ago on this very show and really interesting because I feel like it's one game but we're already heading towards answers or potential answers or the storyline that goes into what is the answer Uh, I put number one player to watch Anthony Richardson The fact that he was behind only Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts in the football guys rushing projection for the week. Well, Anthony Richardson had a good amount of yards as well as the short-range score uh, there on the ground. And what I love the best, um, I actually discussed this in depth, so I'm just going to give one data point here. But if you want to hear the whole snippet, uh, I talked about quarterback stats uh, coming out of week one, uh, some of the more impactful ones that I think are descriptive uh, of where we're headed. Uh, I put that out on UTH Patreon. That's patreon.com slash UTH. And Anthony Richardson, 2.1% turnover-worthy play rate. And I looked back and compared him to the three projects that have been successful, guys like Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields, back when they first started to play and start games in a consistent fashion in the NFL. And Anthony Richardson's first game, one game, he was better than almost every single game those guys had their first year. Uh, There was probably like four or five games total in their first seasons in aggregate that were better at avoiding the catastrophic, the turnover-worthy play, the this game looks too big for you at moments, what are you doing type YOLO ball of just not being able to hang in the NFL. And Richardson against a, a, a wily Jacksonville defense did not look that way at all pretty much. So uh, also his completion rate, his adjusted accuracy, all these things point to, yeah, he's going to be just fine. He's actually ahead of the trajectory of those three guys who have been, at least in terms of market value. Now we can dispute on on Justin Fields uh, that he is not on any sort of great trajectory right now, despite being a first round startup pick this off season, but that he is on a higher plane right now, one data point than those three quarterbacks in aggregate. And honestly, like for them as their career too, they've not had Josh Allen has been very boom or bust in how he plays a lot of boom, which makes the bust worth it in terms of uh, putting the ball in harm's way. Uh, Jalen Hurst has had one season basically of that turnover worthy play ilk and Justin Fields, TikTok checks, watch, we're still waiting. Uh, Next one for what things I was watching week one, Sam Howell, the rushing factor playing against Arizona. Well, guess what? Sam Howell scored a rushing touchdown, but he had some jarring stuff going on. This was supposed to be a relative cakewalk that schedule gets more difficult for Washington and for Sam Howell. And Sam Howell, his bugaboo coming out of college was the amount of times pressure for him turned into sacks. Well, I'll just say it got even worse in week one. And you know what? I don't like this trajectory. I think it's going to get even worse in the next two, three, four games. 
So be very careful with Sam Howell that this might be the best, not it ever will be, but just the best it ever is in the short term. And who knows where this story goes because they have a quality Jacoby Brissett quarterback there that might need to settle the ship here uh, at some point in the month of September. So keep keep that in your thoughts. Brock Purdy, I wrote, is he for real or regression? At Pittsburgh, tough test there. Well, 49ers. Here's, here's the thing that I think is very underrated. Number one, you can say anyone can succeed in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Well, Trey Lance proved that not anyone can. The second part is if he makes it life easy, doesn't that make the quarterback's job very straightforward? Don't mess this thing up. Elite defense, elite weapons, don't mess it up. And he sits there and says, okay, coach, I won't mess it up. And by and large, through now closing in on what, 10 career starts? He is not. He is not messing it up. And he's had multiple touchdowns most of the games he started outside of, I think it was a Dallas playoff game last year. Uh, he had one playoff game where he basically, uh, he actually played. I know against the uh, Eagles, he did not. But Brock Purdy, uh, and the other thought I would say is, you know, is he real or, or is the reg- regression coming? I get why there's some pause in Dynasty. I have met QB 20 or so, and I get why you don't ha- just sit there, I believe, and then you, you you yell up to the clouds and you have met QB 10. I understand why you don't, but at some point with especially lower pedigree options, pedigree meaning uh, draft pedigree, that you know whether it's Kirk Cousins, whether it's Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, these are day three guys that got off to good starts when they started seeing consistent playing time. And... Brock, like you should almost get bonus credit, not anti-credit. If you were, if Brock Purdy were drafted at number three overall, and they traded up for him, and they were getting this result, the 49ers, you would say, oh, good use of capital. That's that's worth you per- trading picks for. But it's weird that because he almost went undrafted, everyone is extremely skeptical at all times. So I. Again, I think he can be the point guard that distributes to these elite weapons. And if he does that, I don't see a reason for the 49ers to be moving away from him this year or potentially even in 2024. Alexander Madison, uh, he's another one I wrote down. Top 12 play, Minnesota, they're at home, supposed to win. Well, it started out that way and then things got weird. Things get weird in Viking games. Baker Mayfield got a little weird in a good way. And before you know it, Madison... Uh, he was a quizzical one because uh, we, we've seen it before that just sometimes the game script, sometimes the usage, all these things don't go right. And Madison has been right there in the crosshairs. 55% route share. I really want that number to be better. I want that to be better. He got a good percentage of the running back carries on that team, but that route number has to go up to be a true workhorse. And again, the game script got squirrely. Justin Jefferson couldn't be stopped. And then eventually he was stopped and just a lot of squirrely stuff. And, and Madison was one who that just didn't go right. I actually wrote down one of the more interesting things and in players to watch Baltimore backfield against Houston. Well, 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 <laughs> didn't I, didn't I jinx everything under the sun? So we had, uh, we had JK Dobbins Achilles injury torn Achilles by for the for the record then we saw a little a uh, little split between Justice Hill from what I was looking at trying to decipher when uh, when Dobbins went out uh, about a 60 40 split for Justice Hill uh, versus Gus Edwards and routes and then a pretty even split rushing wise 
I think Hill blends better with that team. Spread it out, three wide receiver. You get Andrews, uh, you know, split out as well, and you get space. You want speed. So Justice Hill, a guy that UTH uh, we recommended over and over. I don't know why I said we over and over again in the month of August. Let's get shares. Uh, Gus Edwards was already rostered, but Justice Hill is healthy. He's vibrant, and we don't know if J.K. Dobbins is going to be healthy. Well. Did make it through one game. It's a really tough break for him. I've had some really low offers for him, but I think you uh, you know to to take him on. And I think for J.K. Dobbins, you have to get a screaming deal because it's going to be question marks all over the place. He's injured again. Uh, again, could it pay off with an, an, the moment he's projected to be the starter? You can get more than this, but I've seen offers of like giving a third and a fourth today for J.K. Dobbins. And I actually countered by giving a player that I think is near my cut line plus a fourth. And that got declined, but I, I think we're working towards potentially something. But you better have uh, to park him on an active roster spot if there's no IR and it's sub 28 man rosters. That's tough. That's tough to do during the regular season. So please assess the format carefully. Uh, but again, uh, Baltimore was one that Lamar Jackson, things went not quite ideal for that team and the ground game. But I think that uh, Justice Hill is the most interesting name there. Um, I thought another thing was the Seattle offense at home with the Rams without Cooper Cup. Well, who needs Cooper Cup? They have Tutu Atwell. They have Puka uh, Puka Nakua. Uh, Both of them over three yards per route run uh, in week one. Unreal. Unreal stuff. And Seattle's offense, you want to talk about getting squirrely. Uh, had a bad game. Lockett missed a little bit. Jackson Smith and the Jigbo was not great in in his first game. I think there's going to be better times. And that Rams no name defense. It's Aaron, Aaron Donald and the Pips produced really well. Uh, I, I thought they played uh, the Rams defense played a good game. Uh, passing game. Arizona are they competent? And the Mike, Michael Wilson market share. Well, Michael Wilson was on the field a ton. Are they competent? Eh, not really. Ask Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz ran a billion routes. And he had he was one of the most the least efficient tight ends uh, of of relevancy this weekend. Kenny Pickett versus the 49ers. You know question question marks at passing games. Kenny Pickett, you are officially on the bus track. You were on the bus track before. All that hype in August didn't mean a whole lot of full of sound and fury, signifying nothing at least for week one. And now you've got Deontay Johnson out. So Kenny Pickett versus the 49ers. You failed. You lost. Good day, sir, as they said in Willy Wonka. Uh, Justin Fields passing versus Green Bay. Nope, didn't pass that one either. You're on the bus track. Uh, we're going to keep saying this. At some point, I love the go-to phrase, at some point, you're going to have to win through the timing and rhythm of the passing game from the pocket. That's authored by Greg Cosell. I heard it years ago, and it just hit me like a beam of lightning. I've said it 20 times since, and I'll probably say it 100 more times. And I just, again, Justin Fields, he added DJ Moore. And what did that do? Well, in week one, it did absolutely nothing. Say it again. Huh. Um, Michael Thomas as one of the key players versus Tennessee. I am so excited about this passing game with the Saints. Derek Carr, please don't mess it up. And you know what? If you do, Jameis Winston with these weapons, you, you're talking 30-30, he might throw 40 and 30 <laughs> uh, in terms of in terms of touchdowns because Michael Thomas, he was back. He was vibrant, uh, made a couple big plays early. Rashid Shahid, oh, man, that guy's wearing a running back number. I don't care. Make him. He could be wearing number one or number 99 or zero, whatever he wants to do, and he, he is dominating. And then Chris Olave doing his thing. So he's got three legit guys. He's got Juwan Johnson. He's going to get Alvin Kamara back in, in two more games. 
So loving Michael Thomas and, you know, right back into lineups. Low star rate in week one. Uh, another question from last week, Jordan Love, Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave. Well, Christian Watson didn't play, you know, fast forward five days after I recorded that show. Uh, but Jordan Love, whoo boy, look at that part. Look in the part. Love the fact that he was able to sit and learn, refine his game, get ready. Uh, first start, you know, first real, I am the captain now. It did not look too big for him. And three touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, made some big time throws, 16% pressure to sack. Love that. Didn't hold the ball too long. Uh, really looking forward to, I mean, he basically threw, he threw more passes in this one game than he did all of last season. And again, Musgrave made a couple plays, but it was, you know, the good thing was snap share, you know, and how often he was running routes and just basically on the field and accessible. Jaden Reed showed well, um, Durham Smythe, my other question, uh, another one here. Will the snap share matter? Well, tight end wasn't that great. So Durham Smythe, yeah, you're, you're kind of in the game, right? You're in the game. You're relevant. Uh, you're on a big-time offense. That was one of my big takeaways from the weekend, just watching some of these have and have not offenses of like quarterback, scheme, all this stuff. And Durham Smythe uh, was one. In addition to those ancillary, uh, ancillary wide receivers, for for Miami. I'm like, yeah, they got shot. Durham Smythe tight end 16 before the Monday night football games as I record this on the week. So a guy that, hey, he's like two points behind Evan Ingram at tight end five. And no one played Donald Parham at tight end four. Um, you know, Adam Troutman, who started him, Blake Bell, nobody started him. Uh, so the point is functionally, he was higher than, than uh, tight end 16. And that's why you pick a guy up like, up like that, because you might have big questions about your tight end one, and he was your tight end two, and now eh, maybe Smythe is your tight end one. Uh, Jake Ferguson, is he Dalton Schultz 2.0? Uh, I like Jake Ferguson, but he had two, if not three drops. Uh, it was concerning that he didn't run more routes, and uh, he finished tight end 37 on the week. Not a great look for him. And honestly, if it's a one tight end format and you've got someone else that looks better, I just think he had this little window to really flash and show well. Schoonmacher played in week one. Peyton Hendershot saw a decent number of snaps. And there's not a big window here. And honestly, the pie with three wide receivers. Now, Gallup didn't play very well. Brandon Cooks will play a little bit better in future weeks. But uh, I, I thought Ferguson had uh, a chance to really carve something out. But if he doesn't pop with a big game or two in the next two or three, I think he's going to end up going, uh, devolving into a bigger committee. And that's going to be a bad thing for any true breakout chances like Dalton Schultz 1.0 and for him to be Dalton Schultz 2.0. Wanted to take a minute, tell you about all the things early up, uh, on the UTH and UTH Patreon sites, the, this week and, and my, my pledge, as I said, about every single week during in season here, uh, already up uh, at UTH Dynasty, we've got a running back roundup for week one. It's usually about a half hour, and I go over utilization. I go over shifting depth charts, ads, drops, um, all the nitty-gritty of what you need to know for all 32 running back depth charts. Film notes. It was an S show. Thanks, NFL+. Plus. Uh, it took probably an extra three hours than it would have taken me otherwise. And uh, it's an 80-minute show covering everything uh, by game that you need to know for your dynasty teams. And you go, ah, 
Maybe I'll just watch the games I want and not feel pressure to watch some of these other things because Chad's got me covered. He is up and, and, and doing all of that and grinding away. Uh, once uh, kickoff happens for those late games, I am back watching the early kicks and starting to watch every play of every game. And as the phrase goes, distilling it down to the information you need to know. Uh, that is already out. I also put up a 30-minute show on passing game utilization report. That's not going to be every single week. I'm probably going to highlight five, 10 things of interest once we get another week or two down the line. But right now, it's really important while we set the trend, set the pattern for these depth charts, the pecking order, the utilization. Uh, so those are going to be super impactful shows over there on the premium side of UTH Dynasty. And then also, uh, I condense things down a lot of times, like you get the 10 Big Things podcast over there at Patreon. You also get uh, things like, again, I, I gave my top 12 passing game utilization takeaways as opposed to going uh, through all 32 teams for a highlight here or there. Um, also, my pledge every Wednesday is going to be UTH Dynasty Trade Day. Uh, I'm going to go over profiles uh, of players that are either buys or sells going over them um, as uh, profiles uh, there midweek. Uh, that's something I didn't cover, in my opinion, hard enough in uh in season in 2022 and be uh before that uh, i also wanted to highlight something over at patreon which is every saturday you're going to get a start rate matrix uh, and that goes over historical data uh, for what's the average points per game what are your your chances for a big game or what are you, what's your bus risk um, with various start rate levels that's available over at my fantasy league but that's something you don't have to worry about i accrue that information i put the table together so when you're faced with a sit start decision boom uh, you got that if you're looking for a deeper name i've got some on there too uh, so that's something you get every Saturday. You also get final thoughts where I go through some key ads or drops there late in the week. Uh, and uh, something else is uh, early on in the week, you're going to get uh, additional information at UTH Dynasty where I update the Dynasty rankings, the trade calculator. That is a Monday to-do list item. As I record this, I still have to finish that up before bedtime, but that's something you can count on by the time you get to Tuesday. We need to roll out and be ready to make some trades uh, by midweek because like I said, the weeks get away from you quick. And if you don't make a move, that inactivity is actually a decision that you made to not make a decision and just leave status quo. Um, finally, I wanted to uh, share two two different uh, little mini snippets. I mentioned there were 12 items uh, on that utilization uh, show over at Patreon. And I wanted to share two of those as we go through here. Uh, the first one is the Chicago Bears uh, passing game. DJ Moore, big addition. They moved off of 101 so that they could keep Justin Fields and build around him. Well, DJ Moore was a major addition. They got themselves an alpha wide receiver. Well, how does this strike you? 0.54 yards per route run. He was targeted one out of every 25 routes, essentially. And he got two targets for 25 yards. That's DJ Moore, ladies and gentlemen, where frankly, if I was watching, when I watched the game, I was like, I think Darnell Mooney is the wide receiver one. He's playing a lot in the slot. DJ Moore is not. And again, this is a team that it looks like the running backs might be the best thing going on there. Khalil Herbert, you got a rising Roshan Johnson, DJ Moore, not so much. So that was uh, really eye-opening uh, when you don't take a screen to the house. Justin Fields doesn't look that good. And DJ Moore uh, as well in, in concert does not look that good. One other thought for the week, and I'm going to go to Houston. I'm going to go to Nico Collins. Over two yards per route run, uh, he got 11 targets to lead the team, and that's with Robert Woods still getting a good amount. And 
CJ Stroud, a lot of work to do. Houston in general, a lot of work to do. But Nico Collins, we are still open to the idea of a breakout season. Okay. He went 80 yards, really bullish on what I saw from Nico Collins. And uh, again, someone that got a good target share, 28% target per route run. Um, and uh, again, what's going to stop him on that depth chart? Not John Mechie, not Noah Brown, Tank Dell. Eh, he's already way behind in terms of target target share there. So Nico Collins is one that I think he's still alive a live active candidate for a breakout season. He's already 11 targets and 80 yards in with one game played. All right, that's going to do it. A uh, reminder about everything being updated at TH Dynasty. You get the uh, trade calculator, rankings, um, everything you need early in the week. Also, like I mentioned, you're going to get profiles every single week. You get the the trade uh, trade shows uh, there by Wednesday. Could be even Tuesday, um, as well as all the other content throughout. Things like the injury away matrices, quarterback, and especially running back. You're going to get all the notes uh, later in the season. You're going to get looks at the schedule. Uh, so many things that, uh, again, action-oriented so that you can build out your depth, make the proper trade, and build your best dynasty ever uh, team, team ever here in 2023. Thank you so much for listening. Busy week. Like I said, I've already recorded more shows than many uh, sites will record all week. And Monday is not even exhausted yet. I am Chad Parsons. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.